This is a part of the Aggie Radio Show Network. Hi, I'm Caleb Price, and you're listening to Relatable Thoughts. Being an adult is hard enough. What with all the decisions we got to make, major, job, partner, what we even want to do with our lives. I help you figure out exactly what you want here in the podcast, how to overcome the hurdles in the way, your own self-doubt, and how to keep life spicy, and how to just feel good about the life that you're living. Because the secret is, you aren't alone. I've been there. It's totally relatable. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another great episode of Relatable Thoughts. You're listening to episode 47, and it might sound a lot nicer because I have finally figured out how to use the podcasting equipment. <laughs> no, I just, um, I since I'm a Utah State student, and a lot of you might know that already, um, I, at the college, basically um, also submit my podcast to be done there, and so I'm able to use their recording studio. I have had this ability for the past... I don't know, six months. Yet the first time I went, I couldn't figure out the equipment fast enough. And I was just like, you know, give up. It's too hard. And then I got some practice with it. And I'm like, well, actually, this is really easy. (laughs) So here we are. I'm finally glad to be here. Um, It just is, (laughs) I think it's just really indicative of like, I don't know, the kind of person that I usually like, I guess, show up as where like, if something is like, doesn't work or like I can't figure it out like I'm just like well I guess I won't do it rather than like I don't know asking for help maybe or like trying again (laughs) you know just be like I'll just wait and I'll figure it out I'm sure it's fine like so for example like I I go skiing I have get to take the class I love it it's super fun Um, but when I got to get sized for the skis that I was gonna wear like they put you know your feet in the boot and so I put my foot in and they're like, does like, are your feet touching, like your toes touching the, like the front of it? Or are they like good enough? And I'm like, yeah, that feels great. But the problem is I evidently have always like subconsciously been like sliding my feet forward so that it always works like that. And so the whole time when I actually like put my heel in the place where it's supposed to be, I have like at least an inch still of room, which is not good. Uh, as I've learned when you're skiing, because it makes it really difficult to turn and control and could also lead to injury. So as I'm skiing like down the mountain, like I think yesterday, literally on Friday, I was aware of this. And yet I still, just like with the podcasting equipment, I was just like, eh, I'll figure it out. I don't want to bother those people. I'll be fine. And <laughs> And here we are. And so like I was sliding around. I was just like, I kind of reasoned to myself that, like, this is fine. I can make it. And even though, like, my friend clearly was just like, you're an idiot. I mean, she'd never said that, but she might have thought it, (laughs) which is fine. I'm totally fine and okay being that. But it's just so weird because, like, my brain was reasoning that, like, this is totally fine. Like, it's okay that this is sliding around. You don't want to go bother those people. That's such a hassle. Da, 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 da. Gave me all these reasons and excuses, just like it gave me with the podcasting equipment, basically, where I was just like, I can't figure this out, so we're not going to even try. I could have asked someone, but, you know, reasons like, well, it's kind of scary. It's kind of embarrassing. Um, and it's just maybe some work I have to do. Oh, my gosh, I have to get up and not look at my phone. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. 
And here's what I want to talk about today. It actually is related. I thought it wasn't going to be, but now I'm like, yeah, actually it is related. I want to talk about when it comes to when we rationalize, when we reason, when our brain comes up with excuses. Why am I talking about this? Well, for those of you who might know, and if you don't know, and if you've been wanting to know, or if you have no idea what I'm about to talk about, which is fine, because <laughs> I don't even know, apparently. No, um, so my mom and I, we are preparing for what is known as the 29029 competition, which is the height of Mount Everest, which is an Everesting competition. So we're going to go up on the mountain. And so this is in like Canada, but they also do it in like Utah. And so they climb this mountain that they decide on. And they climb it the amount of times as necessary to summit as if you were starting from the base of Mount Everest, which is 29,029 feet, basically, that they decided on. Um, I think that's right. I really don't know. But (laughs) so, like, I have been preparing for the last, like, month or so, climbing, like, on the treadmill, practicing this idea of elevation, of being able to walk up effectively a mountain multiple times. And this was under the impression that, like, I, we didn't even know if we were in yet. We were on the wait list, but we had a, we have an uncle who knows someone and is pretty well already done the competition several times. It's kind of in the in group. And so fortunately, he got us in and we found out this week. And my brain is just like, first off, woohoo, like, let's do this, like exciting, something cool and something hard that you've always like kind of wanted to push yourself to do. And then come all the thoughts come all the excuses, come all the reasons why we shouldn't do this thing. Like, it's too hard. It's too much time. We can't do it. We're not that kind of person, basically. It gives me lots of reasons. So, like, for today, I was able to climb for a significant amount of time. Like, I was able to walk up on the treadmill on a 22% incline for 70 minutes. The details aren't important, but my brain offered me lots of thoughts and excuses to get me out of it. What I would call rationalizations. So like the rationalization of like your feet are hurting or your calves are really, you know, they're sore. Like we we should stop. Like you could hurt something. Like you don't have to do this to prove anything and all these sorts of ideas and reasons. And you can think about this for something hard that you've done in the past or whenever you've wanted to quit something. That's really what I want to focus on when it comes to deciding rationalization versus reason. Is what we're thinking inside our brain an excuse or is it a good reason for not doing the thing that we want to do or from stopping us from doing the thing that we've been currently doing? So like, for example, like you might be considering, I really want to quit my job, or maybe I should switch this major and quit the degree path that I'm going down. Maybe I should quit spending so much time with this person, like a girlfriend or a friend or whatnot because of their influence, but maybe it's just my feelings. Maybe I'm just making up excuses. Maybe I'm kind of just being lazy. And so that's just this struggle sometimes that I feel like our generation especially has because we are so much more aware of what's kind of going on in our mind. We've seen more experiences with people and stuff. And so we're kind of just left in this like, oh, what's the right answer? Like, what am I thinking? Here are my thoughts about this rationalization versus reason. It's summed up in it doesn't really matter. You just get to decide what it is. Which is an interesting concept because you're like, there's sometimes when we're just like, yeah, like, no, that's a terrible excuse. You're just giving up. And I'm like, maybe. But it's just if you decide to think it's an excuse, you could just decide, actually, that's a very good reason. 
Now, I'll be honest in that your brain is going to come up with some ridiculous reasons, and you don't have to listen to them. And some, if you do listen to them, there's no shame. So, for example, like my brain yesterday, so I'm on the slope, I'm skiing, my feet are moving around a lot. I'm like, this is hard. I'm so tired. My friend, my friend has already skied to like the bottom of this like one area. And I'm like sitting at the top of the slope. And literally, I kid you not, in my mind came this thought, you know, we could just stay up here. Like, what if we just like stayed on the mountain? Like, we don't have to go down. Like, it's actually easier to be up here. And I'm just like, am I going to live on this mountain in these ski boots with no civilization around me except for the random skiers that are there until 4 o'clock? I don't even know if there's night skiing, basically. I'm just going to live up here. <laughs> it was so funny. I literally laughed. I'm just like, I'm not going to live up here. Like, that is a ridiculous reason of saying we can't get down this mountain because we're effectively scared. We might hurt ourselves. Like, let's not being a good enough reason to be like, yeah, we should actually just stay and live up here. <laughs> but how is this happening to you? What is a ridiculous thing that your brain is creating that is preventing you from having the actual experience that you desire? So here's really what I want to get down to is it doesn't matter if it's rationalization or reason. People are going to think whatever they want. What really matters is what you think it is. And you get to just decide based on where your desires and intent are. And I want to illustrate this with a story. So I was watching a movie. It's called A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe. And it's got, I'm pretty sure Russell Crowe. It better be. Um, and some other great actresses and actors. And um, kind of an older movie in like the 2000s. But it, it like won an Academy Award. It's so beautiful. And tells the story of this man named John Nash. He's a famous mathematician. I know. Gotta love math. And he's kind of like, you know, he seems kind of like an oddball, like he's mostly keeping to himself. He doesn't really know how to socialize with people, but you just figure, okay, like he's just kind of a smart person. And he is, he develops some amazing theories that have proven like he won a Nobel prize for economics. And like, he's just like on the forefront. And as you're okay, also spoilers, if you don't want to hear what happens in the movie, cause it's a pretty big event. Don't, Stop listening right now. Go watch the movie, then come back. But I think you should just watch the movie anyway, um, even if and you should just listen to this podcast still because I don't want you to leave and not come back. <laughs> but just letting you know, I'm going to spoil the movie. But if you don't want it spoiled, stop listening. If you do want it spoiled, then keep listening. OK, that's enough time. Anyway, so John Nash basically gets confronted by this guy in like the CIA or whatever, Department of Defense, and is like, hey, like, you know, like Soviet Union, because this is taking place in the 1950s. Sorry for context. The Soviet Union is going to like plant this like bomb and they're trying to smuggle it through Canada. And you need to be the code breaker because he's really good with patterns and codes and math and stuff. And so he was able to decipher it because he actually did do this um, previously. And so they're like, we want to hire you. And so he goes through all these like, he's like, you can't tell anyone. It has to be super secret. Um, but he starts seeing like people like always kind of like following him. And so he's super worried, super anxious, always on the edge. Like his wife is like super is worried about him and starts to think he's crazy though, because he like, she shows up to his office. He has like code and stuff written all over the walls and stuff. And he's like, what is going on? And he's just like, and he is so involved in this secret conspiracy or so he thinks, because it's then revealed to us that it's all happening in his mind. And what I mean to say is he is actually, he was suspect to schizophrenia, I'm pretty sure. 
in that he was imagining these people and scenarios happening around him. Like the guy that confronted him about being like working for the CIA or whatever and and like trying to find this bomb entirely in his head, not a real person. His like college roommate, the person that was always with him, always trying to support him when he was like stuck on these theories, not a real person. And then like that college roommate's niece um eventually shows up and not a real person like there is no one there and so the whole time you are unaware of this because we're stepped into his mind and he just thinks reasonably this is what's around me this is my these are my surroundings these are people around me um and like just going about his life as if it's entirely normal yet the people around him start realizing no you're operating under the kind of this delusion and fantasy and so they because uh, of the medicine in the 1950s they sedate him and so which is unfortunate because he's not able to like feel himself and be himself and it's just like it's really sad to kind of see it happen and then there comes like this breaking point where he's just like you know what i don't want to take this way i want to like overcome this like i can work through this i can work through reason and figure out how to deal with these people and so he starts kind of like, so they take him off the medicine and he starts to kind of ease in. Well, sorry, I have to, because he was totally, oh my gosh, I'm totally out of order. I have to emphasize, he was totally believing everything. Like to the point where he was starting to distrust the people that were real around him until he realized with his logical mind that the girl never got older, even though it had been like a couple of years, like him living in this kind of situation. And so then he realized, oh my gosh, this is being created in my brain. How can I fix it? And so then he comes down to this idea of like, I can reason with it. I can just continue going throughout my life and learn to silence these voices. Now, I want to just be upfront and clear that, you know, there's medicine that actually probably works a whole lot better. And maybe this isn't the best way to deal with schizophrenia, or at least you should definitely have the help just to clear that out of the air when it comes to mental health. But his story is so powerful because he was able to th take things that were so reasonable to his brain and treat it as, no, you're not real. No, you're you're just like conjurings of my imagination and my mind, even though they were really like physical in front of him. And he would keep seeing him. He saw him throughout his entire life, he said. Um, and so then it comes to this point at the end where he's receiving his Nobel Prize and it's so endearing because he's like, going to attribute everything to his wife because it, his wife honestly the most saintly woman ever in like terms of like sticking through all of it because it was terrifying sometimes yet she was able to be with it throughout you know his entire career and he was able to live like a true life and not be considered you know kind of like a weirdo he eventually was like super respected by his peers and everyone really loved the man but he was just like it's all because of my wife and so he gives this kind of quote at the end that I want to go with um, in basing the rest of the argument or the S go with with basing the rest of my podcast on which is he states in his address when he received the Nobel Prize what truly is logic who decides reason it is only in the mysterious equations of love that any logic or reason can be found you see, the logic and reason that we operate from are purely because of the desires that we have. And when, that's the way I'm going with it when it comes to mysterious equations of love. Obviously, he was trying to make it more about with his wife, but that was like sincere and true. He was like, 
it went against all reason. Yet because I love my wife so much, like I choose to believe that these things around me aren't real. And he eventually learned and recognized it and was able to overcome it. Now, why am I telling this basically? Well, inside your brain, your muffin head basically is a little bit like, I don't want to say it's like schizophrenia, but it's like someone being there, someone very real talking to you, trying to tell you things that just purely are not true. You get to decide if it is true, if it is reason, if it is logic. And your brain will try to get you out of lots of things that will truly deprive you of the things that you want most in life. It'll deprive you of connection. It'll deprive you of love. It'll deprive you of achievement and satisfaction because you know, it'll kind of goad you and tell you, no, you should be afraid of this thing, or you should not be vulnerable in this sort of situation. You shouldn't talk to, you know, be open to these people around you. You should instead be anxious. Now we're going to give and feel these emotions, yet we don't have to listen to them. We can think of them as rationalizations just created by our brain, because that's the way the world works, instead of reasonable doubt. Now, I want to always clarify when it comes to decision making, in the end, you get to decide. You get to decide whether it's reason or rationalization for your desire to quit. But you should really understand what are the consequences of me like quitting this job, quitting this relationship, quitting what I have intended, and what am I replacing it with? Am I replacing it because I think this will be better and I won't be like, you know, in danger, quote unquote, I won't, I won't be in emotional danger. I'll have that kind of security. Well, you might want to rethink that because your brain will give you that, ra- that reason that it'll be better on the other side when that's truly a rationalization. That's not true. It will always offer you that thing. Just like it'll always offer you the thought that you are not enough because it wants you and mot- to motivate you to not do certain things. It kind of wants to use that shame. It's doing this for your own good, just like with John Nash. Those people were acting for his own good, yet they just, they weren't him. And just like your muffin head is not you, you get to decide what is right for you. And so when it comes to rationalization versus reason, it is important for us to always go down to what is our desire? Is this an excuse or is this truly like what I want for my life? Am I prepared to accept the kind of consequences? Am I prepared to understand that life is 50-50 on either side of this decision, whether I choose to stay or go, whether I choose to keep the job or leave? What is it that I purely just desire for myself? And I want to add that it is okay to have these thoughts. It is okay to have the desire and the feelings to quit, to give up, because it's hard. When I am scaling on the treadmill, I have these thoughts and I think it's okay. But then I remind myself of what truly is real for me. And the thought I came up with is one is like, yeah, like maybe it is hurting right now. Maybe I am kind of suffering and we shouldn't be feeling this pain. But I believe that it'll hurt more when I get off than staying on because it'll hurt me. Well, in fact, it did hurt a lot more when my calves like came off because it realized how much pain we were in. There was less, the adrenaline was kind of gone. So there's that. But what I'm referring to is emotional pain in terms of not being able to reach the thing that I desired for myself, not being able to reach that goal, not being able to prove to myself that I can do this hard thing and that I can grow mental toughness and capacity. Now, what is that for you, basically? 
what is the hard thing that your brain is trying to convince you not to do? It could be simple, like me trying to go and exchange some ski boots or figuring out the podcasting equipment, or it could be something big in your life. It could be dealing with, you know, like an addiction that you've been struggling with. It could be dealing with how to approach people, how to, you know, be open and vulnerable and truly yourself rather than people pleasing and lying and faking it for people. It could be taking on the hard challenges of schoolwork. Maybe you're struggling in chemistry, biology, physics. These are all the STEM ones I can think of, but any of these things, writing that essay, this big daunting task that your brain says, we can't do that and try to rationalize your way out of giving into something else that seems more pleasurable at the time while depriving you only of that satisfaction that you can get from accomplishing the thing. Okay, my friends, I love you guys. I hope you can take this with you and you got something from it. Please let me know in the comments if you like this at all. Please leave a review. And um, I mean, I, I want to hear from you guys. I think it'd be great. And good luck with the week. Go practice rationalization versus reason. If you're struggling with anxiety, need help making a decision, or just want to feel better about something, coaching with me is the answer. Send me a DM on Instagram. I'd love to talk with you. This episode was sponsored by A Beautiful Mind. Um, it was a great movie. I highly recommend it. Plus, John Nash is just a great person to look up to. And special shout out to Stephanie Kirkwood for doing a one-on-one -on -one coaching session with me about her anxiety. It was awesome. Thank you again. And to everyone, keep it spicy. Keep it spicy.